standard issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here. It's time for another Sunday Chops. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday so far. As you may be aware, this week is Cervical Cancer Prevention Week. And so we saw that as a great opportunity to speak to the brilliant charity, Joe Cervical Cancer Trust. We spoke to Kate Sanger about smear tests, about why some people don't like them. I mean, you may well know that yourself. It's because they're not pleasant. About HPV, about the link between HPV and cervical cancer, about trying to bust some myths about HPV and about why it is good to talk. And on that note, Kate brought with her one of their lovely volunteers, Mercedes, to talk about her personal experiences. So that's all coming up. And to prove that it's perfectly normal to talk about cervical cancer, watch me seamlessly segue into a plug for our next gig. February the 14th, Valentine's Day, me, Mickey, Aisha Hazarika and Pauline McLean. What more do you need to know? Oh, 8pm, King's Place. Go to our website, standardissuepodcast.com to buy yourself a ticket. Until next week. Hi, Mickey and I are joined in the studio today by Kate Sanger, Head of Comms and Public Affairs for Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust. Hello. Hi. And also we have Mercedes, who is one of the charity's volunteers. Hi. Hello. Thank you both for joining us. It is Cervical Cancer Prevention Week, or it has been. Um, This is going out on Sunday. It's been all week. And you have come to talk to us about your Smear for Smear campaign. So could you start off, Kate, by telling us a bit more about what that's about? Absolutely. So um, Smear for Smear is a campaign that we run every year. And we being Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust, we're the UK cervical cancer charity. And we run Smear for Smear every year to get people to talk about smear tests, to share tips, to share their own experiences, and hopefully to encourage people to feel more able to book a test if they're not able to. And this week we're talking everything from smear tests to HPV as well, because we can move on to it later. But when you get your smear test results, it might say that you have HPV or human papillomavirus and we want everyone to feel comfortable with that. Let's talk about that now. Could you explain to us what HPV is and how it is linked to cervical cancer? Sure. So human papillomavirus or HPV, um, it's really, really common. And that's one of the most important things to know about the virus is that most of us will have it in our lives. About 80% of us, in fact, you usually won't know if you've got it. It doesn't have any symptoms. And in about nine cases, the body will just clear the infection without ever knowing you've had it. And there are lots and lots of different types, around 200 different types of HPV. And the majority, again, will do the body no harm. There are a few types of HPV which are linked to some cancers and this includes pretty much all cervical cancers are linked to HPV. So this is why smear tests are really really important because they can pick up any high risk HPV infection and also any cells that the infection has changed in the cervix and made abnormal and we can decide if treatment's needed or you might need to be monitored a little bit more closely. Having HPV doesn't mean you've got cancer at all. So if you do get told you've got HPV, don't panic. It just means that you might need a bit of closer monitoring in case you do have cells that could potentially develop into cervical cancer. Now, Mercedes, you have had that experience, as in you went for a smear and you were you were told that. Can you tell us what your response was when you, when you heard that? Yeah, so I was 24 when I had my first smear test. It was six months before my 25th birthday. And I went for my smear, I think, mostly due to the work that Joe's Cervical Cancer have been doing, smear tests are spoken about a lot more in the media now. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I got that letter, I booked in straight away. And I thought it would be fine. 
I was blissfully ignorant to the whole thing. I Sorry. thought you were. Go- I thought you were about to say. <laughs> I thought it was going to be fun, and I was like, no, <laughs> but but necessary. I was blissfully ignorant to kind of the whole experience. Really, I didn't know very much about HPV at all. And then when I got the letter that said not only did I have HPV, but also there were some abnormal cells. I was terrified. I had absolutely no idea what it meant. And I thought that because I was young, that I would be absolutely fine, which obviously is not true. Anyone can get HPV. Anybody can get abnormal cells. So I went through kind of next steps. I went for a colposcopy at the hospital, which is where they have a closer look at your cervix. And they did find some cells that were kind of high grade cell changes. So they needed to do a treatment, which is a let's procedure l-l-e-t-z and i was fine after that i had a six month checkup and the area was back to normal and i was also hpv free so i didn't have the infection anymore i've been through that exact same experience but uh, um, an older age than you and it is really fucking scary yeah i was i think because whenever you hear the word cancer the reaction is to just be like oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit and just obviously because you can't see what's going on necessarily i think it adds to the fear factor yeah but the the lets was it was a bit painful but it was so simple it was everyone was incredibly brilliant with me and it was like you say then you've got to wait that 6 months have your test again and it was all fine but it was it was nerve-wracking yeah definitely and i think there's things that you don't even think about like i'd never been in a hospital bed with stirrups before and that was quite scary. And I was really lucky. My mum and I are super close and she came with me and she was really reassuring. The doctors were great. It was fine, but it's that fear of the unknown and not knowing what it means. And because I hadn't really heard very much about HPV before, um, it, it was, yeah, it was a really scary experience. But luckily it does kind of feel like a distant memory now. I'm fine, I'm healthy, and I'm so glad that they did pick this up because they were able to treat it accordingly. Can I ask, Kate, you, you're trying to bust some myths yeah. about uh, HPV. Um, so let's do exactly that. Um, bust some myths for me, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the, the idea of it being a sexually transmitted disease yeah. to start with. So it's an interesting one. Um, HPV, at least in the case of genital HPV, um, it is passed through sexual contact. But that could mean penetrative sex with protection or without protection. It can mean using your fingers, sharing of sex toys. So it's not just, there's kind of a myth that, uh, for example, only straight women can get uh, HPV because it's passed through penetrative sex. And that's totally not true. You can also have completely protective sex using dental dams or condoms, and you can still get it because it lives on the skin around the genital area. So you can have the safest sex ever and you can still be exposed to HPV. So that's one of the myths that we're really trying to bust. So it is passed through sexual contact, but it can't always be detected um, it can lie at a really un- at an undetectable level sometimes for many, many years. It doesn't have any symptoms, and it also can't be treated. So you can treat the things that the infection can go on to, to do, like cause your cells to change, but you can't actually get rid of the infection once you've got it. So we And because it's also so, so common, so we've probably all had it or are going to have it in our lives. So calling it an SDI, SDIs have so much stigma and confusion and fear associated with it, and obviously... HPV can lead to cancer in some cases, but by calling it an SDI, we're just making this really, really common thing, something to be like, be a bit scared about and really, it's kind of got that level of stigma and let's, let's not talk about HPV, but 
all women are invi- and people with a cervix are invited for smear tests. And if you're told you've got HPV, you want to be able to feel that it's something you can talk about and you don't have to be shrouded in all this stigma like you would potentially maybe if you had another SDI. At Joe's, we want to really get rid of that SDI label and get more people talking about HPV, which is why our campaign's so important. Can I ask your personal experience, Mercedes? What was, how did you feel when you were given that diagnosis, given what Kate's just said? about sexually transmitted diseases? I didn't think of it like that at all. I I didn't. And then uh, I was watching TV one day, and it was Loose Women, and they had Stacey Solomon on the show. And she was talking about her experience with HPV. And the way that she was talking about it was very much like an STI. She was explaining that she had this ex-boyfriend who had HPV and how he had contaminated her and knowingly done so, which I'm still very confused about because there isn't a test for men. So how he knew he Mm. had it... I don't know, but this is what they were talking about. And it suddenly started to change everything that I thought. I was like, oh my God, I've got an STI. Like, how have I got this? Where did I get this from? I'm always safe. What? How How have I got it? It must be my current partner because he's the only person that I would, you know, practice unsafe sex with. And it, you just go, you can drive yourself insane wondering where it came from, how you got it. You'll never know. Like, there's no way of knowing where it's come from, who's given it to who. And it did make me feel really dirty and like I had done something wrong and that because I had had sex at some point in my life I may have cancer and that's a horrible way to to look at your Mm -hmm. life but now I know that that's absolutely not true I mean some of the statistics it's like 80% of people will have HPV at some point in their life and as Kate was saying even if you use a condom you can still get it so unless you like completely abstain there's there's no way to prevent it and so I think just being more clued up on it reading forums on Joe trust about other women that had had the same experience as I had made me feel a lot more comfortable and I think just giving it time and patience has made the whole thing the whole experience feel better um but yeah when you know being 25 years old and seeing somebody on tv talk about it um in that way was was quite scary yeah and we also get as well we get women who have been diagnosed with cervical cancer and so not only are they dealing with their cancer diagnosis and the treatment and the side effects that come with the cancer they're also dealing with the HPV diagnosis. And for some, that diagnosis, the HPV diagnosis adds so much extra stress. And we've got cases of um, people whose partners, if they've ended up having big arguments over who's cheated on who and all of these kind of things at a time when they're already dealing with the toughest thing in their life, which is cancer diagnosis. So getting rid of some of these stigmas and these ways of thinking about this really common virus can mean that we're kind of reducing a bit of a layer of anxiety for women with cancer as well as just women who have just got HPV and hopefully it'll go away without doing any harm. Can I talk to you about smear tests? Please do. It's my favourite topic. Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) So Mercedes' attitude was really refreshing, actually, when you said, yeah, I got the letter, and I was like, you were almost excited, just giddily phoning (laughs) up, get me in there, get me in there, get get me that speculum, Uh, (laughs) which no one ever thinks. So there's a sort of stigma around those as well. There's a a fear, because it is, it's unknown, it's unpleasant, it's, you know, a stranger's up your bits kind of thing. And I think that has sort of shifted slightly after the Jade Goody effect, I mm. suppose. But I've heard that it's slipping back again. Is is this true? 
Yeah, so we've seen screen attendance increase really, really slightly over the last year in the UK, but like a tiny amount. Um, but there's still around one in four women don't go for their, for their smear test when they're invited. And among young women, so women around 25 to 29, it's about one in three. So it's even, don't attend, so it's even smaller. I think one of the things that is most important to say about smear tests is it's not easy for a lot of people. And that's whether you've got a health condition that makes it painful a mental health issue if you're a survivor of sexual violence got a physical disability or even if you just work and you're busy and it's difficult to get an appointment like it can be a really difficult task so again what we've really been doing at joe's is trying to encourage conversation about it sharing of tips um, and getting people to sort of open up about it and really sort of know where they can get support and information and try to move away from this narrative that's all just get on with it, just go for it. What's the problem? It's just an easy test because we know for some people it's really not and those are the people that those kind of messages are just going to alienate and they'll think, Mm. well, this just isn't for me because no one's talking to me. So we're really trying to talk to as many people as possible and help them to find ways to go for the test if they they choose to. When I went for the one that actually I got my abnormal results from and Mm. ended up having the LETS, I'd gone for it and I'd written a tweet that was just like well this was really uncomfortable but you know it's so worthwhile it can absolutely save lives and I did a little hashtag just saying don't fear the smear Mm. and it was one of my most loved and retweeted tweets because it is just even opening that conversation is really good for for women who are maybe too scared to go or just just nervous about it it's easy for me to sometimes think that everyone talks about it all the time mm. because i work yeah. for a feminist podcast and we talk about it all the time mm-hmm. and you actually think that you know in certain communities that's not going to be the case yeah absolutely i think a lot of the time we do get but for a lot of the population it is something that is not pleasant, not comfortable, a bit embarrassing and might be not a priority. And so things like seeing things on social media, hearing us talk about it, people might think, oh, I've got that letter there, I need to do this. That's reminding me, encouraged me. But there are a lot of people as well who do find it really difficult for those different reasons. There's lots of cultural barriers, religious reasons why people might find going for screening difficult, connotations with promiscuity and sexual contact and all those kind of other issues as well. So it's, it's a really, really difficult subject to make sure you're reaching as many people as possible. Mercedes, how is it like for you talking about it? Um yeah, it's it's different for sure. <laughs> um yeah, it's quite I mean I I I've really opened up. I mean being able to kind of work with Joe's has really opened the conversation amongst my friends as well because they're kind of reading what I've been saying and hopefully listening to this podcast and <laughs> then they just naturally have hundreds of questions are like, "Oh wow, you can get HPV like with a condom? Is that is that true?" And you know, oh, "I didn't know that you'd had that letter and that then you would, you know, all that kind of stuff." And I feel like it's rewarding talking about it because of how much things like the Joe's website helped me at the time, being able to hear from women that were similar to myself. So therefore, it makes talking about it easier because I know that hopefully, you know, people are listening and it gives them comfort in some way. What you were talking about just there with smear tests as well, it's worth saying that when I was 24, as we said, I was kind of fearless and went into it. My last smear test, which was a couple of months ago, was my sort of second was my third one but it was my second one after the whole procedure Mm -hmm. and everything that was terrifying I was so scared Mm -hmm. I was like I came out of it and I was like trembling because it just brought back all of that stuff with the diagnosis being my first ever smear 
I'm always going to associate that with the experience mm. that I had mm. now. I just always am. I've, I've never, you know, I've, I've never kind of had that blind naivety, if you will, of going for a smear and everything being fine. So, yeah, it was really terrifying. Luckily, um, you know, it was fine. HPV is not there anymore. It was all positive, but it, it was so, so scary going back into that room and, yeah, brought back a lot of memories. But you knew you had to. Exactly. Didn't matter if it was scary. I knew that it was a very important thing. And yeah, there was no doubt in my mind I booked in as soon as I got the letter as I did the first time. But um, it was, yeah, it was a lot more difficult after everything. Less giddy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So may I ask about cervical cancer stats? So cervical cancer is luckily quite a rare cancer. And that's because of things like smear tests, which can prevent them from uh, prevent lots of cases from occurring so around 3,200 women are diagnosed with cervical cancer every year about 800 will lose their lives uh, every year as well so that's around nine diagnosed a day and two losing their lives every day so it is rare but it is still affects a lot of people sadly and smear tests prevent about 75 percent from ever developing which is why it's a really really important test Um, and I guess that's kind of another important point is that it's not smear tests aren't 100% effective so some people do develop cervical cancer outside of smear tests um, and that can be you can have cancers which just can't be picked up through through a smear test which is why symptoms are really important as well the most common is unusual bleeding so uh, during after sex between periods postmenopausal bleeding that's the most common symptom which usually again not to terrify everyone because lots of us will have abnormal bleeding mm-hmm. but if you do have abnormal bleeding then do go and check, get it checked out because it could be all manner of other things as well but it, in some cases it can be something more sinister and for those groups of women who we we mentioned who are maybe nervous about getting a smear test Mm -hmm. or you know more than nervous frightened or just can't do it how are you convincing them that they can and they should well one thing which we do just say is just it isn't easy and no one is expecting you to be fine with it all and just go along and say nothing and we did some research last year and we found that lots of women would be wouldn't feel comfortable to say stop during their smear test and so just remembering that you're in control it's your test and if you go in there and you think I can't do this or I don't want to do this I don't know what it's all about I need more information then that's fine then ask your questions if you can ask for a female nurse if you're not comfortable with if that's something that might help you go uh, you can wear a skirt if you, if you feel uncomfortable with having to get undressed. Listen to a podcast. Take this podcast along with you <laughs> and you can lie there and have something to distract you. Look on your phone. Uh, you can take a friend with you. Another thing people don't know as well is you can get different sized speculums. So the speculum is the instrument which they uh, put inside you to open up your vagina so they can get to, the, to your cervix. Um, and they come in different sizes. So if you do find it quite uncomfortable or you've had a bad experience, then mention it to your nurse because they might be able to try a different speculum size speculum or a different position so it's trying to give people sort of that confidence and feeling empowered and able to ask these questions but then also there's a lot of emphasis on nurses too um because if you've had a bad experience with a bad nurse which thankfully there aren't many but we've probably all heard stories is for nurses to understand that it might not be too easy for that person and they could have all manner of things going on which can make it difficult if you just had a really bad day you've broken up with someone you feel really tense you're not gonna be able to relax for a start and that's regardless of if you've got a condition like vaginismus which means yeah. it can make it much mm-hmm. more difficult to, to have that test so there's kind of both sides but hopefully by talking about it more which I think we are doing 
we're hopefully going to be making people more aware of where they can get support as well. Obviously, we have a lot of support, including a helpline. We've got a forum. We've got loads of information. So, um, and making sure that information is trustworthy and good, solid information instead of yeah. misinformation. I've got to say, the, the speculums from a woman of my age who is early 40s, they are so, they're not as medieval as they used to be. Absolutely. <laughs> I think a lot of people think that, especially like, if you've had a smear test in the past, think that you're going to have this awful metal contraption. And which but they seem to have kept in a freezer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like that scene in um, Little Shop of Horrors where Steve uh-huh. Martin's the really nasty dentist who has all rusty tools. That's, that was always in my head, but they've really upped their game well, on the spectrum choice. Their game. <laughs> I, I think it's one of those element of, you know, when people moan about it, that sometimes people will say... You know, we all go through it. Mm. And you're like, well, you know, we, we all go through the death of a parent, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Absolutely. You know, I actually think moan away. You know, we don't, we, you wouldn't say, oh, like so many women have had childbirth and therefore childbirth is not painful because everyone's put up mm. with it. It's still not pleasant. So I think sometimes there's kind of a shutting down of conversation where other women will say, Oh, but we we've all gone through it. Like, yeah. what are you moaning about? You're like, well, if you're moaning about it, it was horrible. Moan away. Yeah, but go for a pint. Moan for an hour. I'm more than happy with that. Well, another thing we say is is another thing we say is no question is too silly, too small, too weird, yeah. too difficult. Whatever your issue is, even if it is something about. I don't know whether you should shave or wax beforehand. Like, there is no silly question. And I kind of feel like Kate's thrown down the gauntlet and I'm trying to stay on, on focus. <laughs> no question's too silly. Hmm. <laughs> no, but you're right, because it's, it's all about comfort or just feeling relaxed mm. enough, because you, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you're like, if you're already tense, yeah, then it's gonna, it is going to be even more uncomfortable. Yeah, and of course, it's very normal to be tense because... Like you said, you're getting undressed in front of a stranger, especially if it's your first test. And so also getting people involved. And that's another reason why um, HPV is such an important thing to tackle because if we're suddenly telling lots of people they do have HPV, they're being tested for HPV, and if we don't get rid of kind of the stigma around that, then you're potentially going to move smear tests into being this sort of taboo kind of stigma territory instead of carrying on the really positive stuff that's been done to make it more mainstream, like a more mainstream health check. So, and that's something we really can't afford to do, especially with screening attendance as low as it is. Mm, I think it's a really important point to make is that smear tests have been revolutionary in saving so many women's lives. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said with the Jade Goody effect, when Jade Goody lost her life to cervical cancer, about 400 thousand extra women got screened as a result of her sort of um, quite public diagnosis and death but that's really really dropped off so we do know that every now and then when we really talk about it and there's a lot of attention on screening and cancer and things in the news that it really does have a massive impact but it's sort of keeping that momentum going all the time. Great so you're encouraging people to get involved and to tweet using the hashtag smear for smear. Yep. Uh, You're looking for them to tell their personal stories well, it can be difficult to tell your story, but if you want to, we I think we can say as a charity, we can give you stats, we can give you information. Um, but like Mercedes telling her story, it, it makes you sort of, you can relate to someone's story. So if you feel able to, share your story, share a tip, share a link to our website. We just want to get more people talking about smear, uh, smear tests and HPV. But do remember that they're not easy for everyone. So we're not trying to shame or blame yeah. or put, coerce people into going. It's about creating that um, nice safe space for people to talk and where can people find out more about Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust 
you can visit our website which is joestrust.org.uk or find us across all social media excellent thank you so much for coming in Kate and Mercedes it's been really interesting thank you thank you Standard Issue for All Women.